0: The Robin Caleb Show looks at various theological aspects that relate to Torah observance for the disciples of the Messiah Yeshua. The Robin Caleb Show is a production of TorahResource.com. What up? How's it going, everybody? Season five. That's right. We hit season five here at the Robin Caleb Show. One, two, three, four, five. That's right. Pumped about it. New intros. There's a lot going on. You got have uh, got... A lot of changes happening around here. How you been, man? Happy Season 5 to you, sir. Happy Season 5 to you. And a happy, uh, I guess it is the last day of Hanukkah, right? Eighth day. Day eight. Yep. Uh, Very sad news in the week that, uh, the two weeks, well, two weeks since we've had a show. Very sad. R.C. Sprawl has gone to be with the Lord. I guess it's not sad for him. It's, it's, uh, right, it's sad and, and happy yeah, yeah, for sure. I uh, love the quote. Uh, what was it? Missional Wear started uh, put out a, a, a shirt that has a quote from R.C. Sproul that says, "The day I, the day I retire, you will have to pry the Bible f- is the day that you pry the Bible from my hand," or something like that. Mm. <laughs> ah, yeah. What up and shalom, everybody in the chat room. Where uh, you can tell that our intro is is obviously different. We got new artwork. Uh, season five. This is show 198, and of course, the Robin Caleb show is brought to you by TorahResource.com. Um, you know, I, uh, initially I had created a different intro that uh, utilized a lot of different people from our comment line, and uh, but we've been talking, and we've been talking about some changes that we're going to make at the Robin Caleb show, and uh, yeah. So let's. T- should we talk about that for a little while?
1: Should we sure, yeah. maybe
0: get our chat room in on the discussion on, on uh, what we're thinking? You know, when we started the Rob and Caleb show, initially, we, for, well, first of all, I didn't think anybody was ever going to listen to it, right? I mean, that was kind of a, a shocker to me that anyone would actually sit down and listen to our show. But what I really wanted to do was I wanted to talk about issues that I wanted to wade through the mess That is, you know, Hebrew Roots Messianic Movement. There's some really good things in the Messianic Movement. But there's also a lot of, uh, I don't want to be too harsh, but there's a lot of uh, misinformation, a lot of uh, zeal without knowledge. And so I wanted to discuss the issues that, uh, that were going on. And recently, one of the things that we've noticed is that most of the main issues within the Messianic and Hebrew Roots movement—we've done 198 shows—and so when someone now emails me and says, "What do you think about this?" Most of the time, we already have we have already done a show on it. I can just send people a link, <clears throat> and um, not only that, but we've we've. One, our, uh, Rob and I have talked in the past week about whether or not uh, the Robin and Caleb Show is a good reflection of Torah Resource and Torah Resource Institute, because essentially uh, the Robin Caleb Show is a production of, of Torah Resource. And so we, of course, need to constantly be thinking about what we're doing, how we're doing it, and why we're doing it. And so we've talked about actually completely rebranding the show and, and kind of... Doing the same thing that we're doing, but doing it in a little bit different manner, and the way that we've talked about doing that, jump in at any time. By the way, Rob. Okay. The way we've talked about doing that is to have more of a uh, the main topic that we that we normally you know a lot of the time what we are doing is reactionary. In other words. We'll see an article or something. We'll pull clips from a sound, you know, from a YouTube video or something. And then our main topic will be reacting or, you know, talking about what's going on in those articles or those YouTube videos. And, and, and the bulk of those come from
1: our listeners or emails we get. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. yeah. So people are saying, hey, I, don't, I can't parse this out. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I need help. Kind of what's your opinion on this or that? And yeah. so there, there's a service element there. It is you're you're right that there's a reactionary side. In other words, we're we're demonstrating like an openness and receptivity to topic matters. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but then, but that's a as we've seen, that's a
0: tightrope because <laughs> yeah. you can step on people's toes. Uh, well, and honestly, uh, one of the things that I don't want to be seen as is trying to be. the the Hebrew Roots police or the Messianic police. That has never been the intention. You know, I don't want people to think that all we do is sit around and bash people. However, one of the things that we do like to do is talk about theology, and we like to look at theology. We like to look at theology from our perspective. That is, well, it's multifaceted. And and
1: people have questions, though. Sure, sure, People ask for help, and so we want to be people that... That if you're a listener and you encounter something, you're like, you know, something, I'm not like someone's been teaching this in our community and I'm a little uneasy about it, but I can't put my finger on it. Can you help me out? I'm like, let us know. You know, this is, this is,
0: I'd rather you email us than go somewhere else. (laughs) What's interesting is that our Facebook page has become sort of a, a place for discussion. And to you know talk and about Rob posting, uh him trying to sing a Macadam song <laughs> that was great man that was great That yeah.
1: it was really good so, that was inspired by you Caleb I just a little footnote I saw a clip of you on fa- or was it YouTube and you were
0: it, it was a song about going back home or or what was it girl from Enum claw yeah,
1: yeah yeah girl the, from Enum claw okay anyway so girl from Enum,
0: to... actually can I tell you it's really good it's, In, a good, it's a... thanks but actually that was that was a skeleton. That I then took to uh, i'm in a seven piece bluegrass band for those who don't know i play i play in a seven piece bluegrass band I play a cello but I play it like the bass in that band and uh i yeah i took that i took that uh, song i i did that song specifically i wrote that song about my wife sure. I and that. i i have this i have this whole uh I have this whole kind of album idea of different songs from different time frames that I'm not from. So it's like, <laughs> I'm trying to write songs from like different, you know, I have one yeah, 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 during yeah. prohibition and I have, and that one's about working in coal mines back in, yeah. in, in, you know, wherever. I, I
1: think it's great. It's really creative and it's, it's uh, well-written and Thanks, uh, man. anyway, so, so you, inspi- I'm like, man, Caleb's got a song and I'd been working on this <laughs> McKenna song, the McKenna song. It, sh- it shifts, uh, like time signatures and tempos like and that that was a challenge for me, so that i 'm like okay here 's where I am with that anyway, totally no that 's good hi jack no, 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 but that's back good. to the Facebook page as being a discussion area,
0: well, and not only that, but you know we' like getting emails, we like uh, hearing people on the comment line, which uh, that 's also you know i 'm going to change the message on that it 's going to be specifically for. The Robin Caleb Show, but we're probably going to rebrand or, or at least change the name of the Robin Caleb Show to something else that more. We're considering more, it. We're, we're considering consider- it, and I, we, we and, and we would <laughs> like some suggestions from our listeners. You know, we have a lot of people who listen on a regular basis, and so, you know, we've thought about things that have to do with theology. You know, good names that have. And here's the problem that we've run into: we've we've just batted around a couple of names that we could change the Robin Caleb Show name to. And there's multiple reasons we want to do that. It's not just that, first of all, it'll be easier for us because then we can actually have different hosts. So if Rob wants to take time off, or I want to take time off, or if we're both at SBL or something like that, we can have guest hosts that come in, and, I mean, we could do that now, but it's you know it'll be a lot more fluid, and it'll be more of a group effort at, to our resource. Um, so we, we found a name that we liked, which was Theology Matters, and of course, every time you've Come up with a name, you have to go to iTunes and plug it in and see if it's already a, a name. And that was, you know, a, a, a podcast name. So, um, anyway, we we want your suggestions. So send us email chag at tourresource.com. Um, and then you can always call our comment line as well, which is, let's see if this is a 253 465 3205. It's 253 465 3205. And Somebody says church chat, <laughs> but it's already taken. Yes. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we would be down for it, but to be honest with you, one of the, uh, one of the main things that we're going to attempt to do and change. How about Messiah matters?
1: There, there we have go. a Double M, double
0: M. The M M-M, M. M-M- yeah. Messiah matters. That's not bad. Um, one of the things that we're going to do though is we're going to do more theo- look at more theological uh, issues over time. So in other words, maybe we'll spend three weeks looking at a theological matter, and that'll be the main topic and of course we'll still you know we'll still look at uh, articles uh, maybe in early segments for ten minutes or so, ten, fifteen minutes, but the main topic will be an arcing topic over multiple weeks. So those are some of the ideas that we have, and we are always eager to have uh, people talk to us and tell us what they think. Uh, so send us send us your thoughts, send us your ideas, See Resource.com. Okay, well, this show, 198, is our Christmas special. And normally we do all sorts of things for the Christmas special. Last year was kind of a blowout. Everybody really liked last year, but that was – we actually uh, – that was kind of given to us because Zach Bauer um, had a uh, a debate with somebody on inspiring philosophy, and that, uh, that debate was kind of a catalyst for us to be able to talk about g- what a good source was and what sources are and those kind of things. And actually, in your show notes today, I sent out show notes earlier, and in the show notes, you'll see that there's one – um, let me get my show notes here. There's one link down here. It's by bible uh biblicalarchaeology.org and it's called How December 25th Became Christmas. And it's actually really good. I I will admit. And basically they kind of they restate what I mean, I'm sure they didn't hear anything that we did, but um, it's kind of a restating of what we s- said last year, which uh, we'll get into a little bit later. But first, what we want to talk about is this uh, wonderful, wonderful text message that I got from a friend slash brother in the Lord. It's a great question, by the way. This is an excellent question. And I'm sure that uh, if we do move more to a topical, kind of show, which we've, you know, which we're thinking about doing that uh, the deity of the Messiah will certainly be touched on at some point uh, throughout multiple shows. This will just be a a very quick snapshot maybe of uh, some, some points. So this from Robbie, he says, I have some questions slash discussions for the Robin Caleb show. I know you have done a show on Yeshua's deity, but to recap a bit, number one, when you guys say Yeshua is God, are you saying that Yeshua is literally Yod-Heh-Vav-Heh? Uh, number two, if pre-incarnate Yeshua is yod heh vav in the Tanakh, seen as man and referred to as Yod-Heh-Vav-Heh, why in his incarnation is he referred to as the son of God and not as yod heh vav as he was in the Tanakh? It would be nice to hear you guys talk about this and go over how he is God and the son also one verse to go over Revelation 21 22 Yeshua is God Almighty and he is also the lamb so this is an excellent question good stuff yeah and honestly the um, the deity of the Messiah is something that continues to crop up right we see it all over the place we see it in um, we see it as a constant debate and one of uh, within the Messianic and Hebrew Roots movement that is, and I don't, you know, my my finger is not quite on the pulse of the Christian Church the way that it is on Hebrew Roots and Messianic uh, areas. But within Messianic and Hebrew Roots movement, we have people constantly debating this, and one of the reasons why is because you have teachers within these movements that outright deny the deity of the Messiah. Um, Paul Sides is uh, is a huge catalyst for this. Um, you know, Anthony Buzzard has been brought in to talk about issues, uh, and he's not Messianic, he's Christian, but, um, I think he's Anglican actually. But, uh, you know, a lot of Messianics have kind of globbed onto him. There was a conference in Orlando that went on that was suspect at best. Um, the problem obviously that I see with Yeshua not being divine is that it, it, uh, it, it takes away his ability to be a propitiatory uh, atonement for us, right? Um, anyway, okay. So, do you want to start with this, Rob, or would you like me to? Well, the um, yeah, there's so many. It's a, it's a, it's a good
1: question. It reflects a lot. I think a lot of people wonder about this sort of thing, right? You know, like what does it mean? who is Yeshua? Right? I mean, that's what the question is. Who is God? Who is Yeshua? You know, and and some people will take uh, this approach. When they're, like, let's say they feel like they've been lied to by whatever church they grew up in. They want to understand the Bible. They start listening to, let's say, rabbinic teaching that gives them different perspectives on um, reading what we, you know, the quote Christian Old Testament or Tanakh. Um, And And then, oh, some different ideas about the rabbis that were in Yeshua's day, supposedly, and and kind of, quote, background to reading the Gospels. And they start exploring that world, which in and of itself is um, ultimately neutral, except for there is propaganda. There is persuasion and hooks along the way in – as there would be with any – Group that promotes an agenda that has a specific uh, set of convictions, and they're trying to live in accordance with that set of convictions. And mm-hmm. so, that's not going to be any different than if you go to an Anglican, you know, or you go to um, Catholic, or or even like a Mormon or a Jehovah Witness, or you know, a, a modern Orthodox Jewish. Uh, community or a particular Hasidic like you know all these groups have agendas right and that's okay that's just the nature of, of the deal sure so a resource has an agenda yeah and we try to make that clear you know yeah. um, so but it but anyway so the people who leave you know this traditional kind of canopy of all the answers are right here and clear and black and white for me you you're kind of pull the thread and you see, wow, well, maybe they, maybe they were wrong on the Sabbath. Maybe they were wrong on this. Therefore, who needs it? I've only been lied to. So then those people go out and, and they're going to start trying to look at the scriptures and understand them. Most of the time, I think, because they have a sense they want the truth. Well, one approach people take then is say, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the Tanakh and I'm going to learn. Who the Messiah is supposed to be and what he's supposed to look like. I'm which is learn. always
0: good. Which is always good.
1: Yeah, I'm going to learn who Yodhe Vavhe is. Yeah, I'm going to learn what the Torah is, and then I'm going to, then I'll be equipped to go take a a, a fine tooth comb and go through the Gospels, Paul's letters, etc., and I'll judge one by one whether or not they cut the mustard. Right? Do they cut the standard of of what is taught in Tanakh and if not if, if I don't think Paul belongs I think you know uh-huh. then, pff, I don't need it right or if I don't think the book of Hebrews you know cuts the mustard I think he didn't even know what he was talking about pff, gone right so that's that's one Avenue right that's one
0: uh, but that's always the, where- but that, that that's always the wrong Avenue right I mean, if you don't don't approach the scriptures from sola scriptura, you're going to run – look, and I'll I'll make the – I know I've made this analogy before and and talked about this before, but let's – I'm going to give it again. For 2,000 years, since the very beginning, uh, like since 200 years, 300 years after Yeshua rose from the dead and ascended, uh, there was the debate over whether or not he died on the 14th of Nisan or the 15th of Nisan, Right. Uh-huh. And people trying to figure out how John could be correct and how the Synoptics could be correct. Now, people who didn't believe in sola scriptura would say, "Well, one of them is wrong." So throw, you know, some, we got to throw either the Synoptics out or we got to throw John out. But people b- who did believe in sola scriptura, and I know this is a later term, sola scriptura, but uh, believed in the biblical canon of sixty-six books, said, "No, this is the scripture, and both have to be true. I can't explain it, but both have to be true." And right at the end of the uh, 19th century into the 20th century is when Scholarship started to really do excellent work on this, up until uh, you know, even the past 20 years, where Scholarship has not only uh, done excellent work, but they've basically come up with a very good explanation and figured out how both John and the Synoptics match up perfectly right. It took 2,000 years. So for 2000 years people had to say well and
1: you're still going to have people who may well like you know I think one of the was it Dr. Keener who is reconsidering his yeah. position on this which means he's already published about this and yeah. he might in his lifetime have to re have, tra- yeah. have a have a like look here I've republishing my old translation or my own comment old commentary because I've changed my view that's fine um, but, but that's a good point back to so l- just to bring up what does this have to bear with the kind of the core of what I heard in in Robbie's question is do I how do I know who Yodhe Vavhe is? In order to answer the question of, well is Yeshua Yodhe Vavhe? Or is he the son of Yodhe Vavhe? Well you could ask, who is Yodhe Vavhe? You know, one footnote here is this whole dispute among people who are not even believers in Yeshua and some who claim to be believers in Yeshua is that there's certain ways to pronounce Yodhe Vavhe and that um, you, it's important to learn that because it's been hidden and now it's to be—it's revealed and now you can just approach um, him because you have his name, right? And so that's an avenue and I think if, you're, if you listen to our show or if you follow our Facebook post, you'll see that that's, um, that that's uh, kind of a view we say that that is really ultimately not helpful. That's also a dead end street because even in Isaiah 1, um, I, I don't think the people were at lacking of pronouncing God's name in, in under the time of Solomon's temple, but rather still their offerings were an abomination. Hmm. Uh, it was not a reach nechoach. It was not a pleasing aroma to God. Why? Because it had to do with something else. It had to do with...
0: Heart uh, matters.
1: Yeah, a person's acceptability before the Father. And that's not something an earthly priest can discern. That's something... Uh, you know the earthly priests can go through the sacrifices. They say, "Okay, this is a this animal you brought. It it cuts the mustard. It, it doesn't have a blemish. It's the right uh, age, right breed, et cetera. Yeah, we can. This is acceptable as a burnt offering, for example. Okay, now reel it back uh, to the deity. Okay, okay. So these are these different avenues. If you're a disciple of Yeshua, and you the the position of the apostle of Yeshua and the apostles is that we don't know who yod is apart from Yeshua. Mm. In other words, the starting point is always Yeshua, and the ending point is always Yeshua. And our, our, uh, our prayers, our worship, our desire to understand and grow in knowledge and wisdom is founded in that domain of who Messiah is. It's not like I can pretend... You know forget everything I've ever learned about Jesus and I'm just gonna go to the Old Testament and I'm gonna decide for myself who God and who Yodhava who Jehovah is or whatever and now I'm gonna go look at Yeshua and put Yeshua on trial or put the Gospels on trial and decide for myself otherwise that's the yeah. if that's the approach you have I mean okay
0: you know well let me know how but, how it's going for you but you it, know? Uh, okay hang on just a sec but at the same time we see Yeshua throughout the the Tanakh and and we we can come to and people did come to a firm understanding of who Yeshua was through the Tanakh. Um, you know what here here's let me give you some verses. Let me give uh, Robbie some verses. and um, you know the question of in my opinion, the question of father son, this is uh, something that's been very hard for people to understand, and this is why you have so many um debates, Trinitarian debates, right? The Trinitarian, and I know a lot of uh, Hebrew roots, Messianic folks don't like the the word Trinity and uh, think that this is a right. Greek thought and all that kind of thing. But within the scriptures, we see the triune God, right? We see Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit has personal pronouns, and uh, the Holy Spirit is the spirit shared by, it's the spirit of God, and it's also the, the spirit of Yeshua. They share the exact same spirit. My son has asked me recently, my son's five, when he was about four, he asked, he has these Bible stories that he watched, watches, and he asked me, Dad, why is Jesus, why is Yeshua praying to himself? And this is from the garden, right, when he's praying in the garden uh, before he... That's such a of. wonderful question. I love that question. And it's, and it's uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we have to be very careful with our language here because I do not believe in modalism. I don't believe that God is... Got up here, and then he he just puts himself into a mode of of Yeshua down like here. Something, yeah, yeah. He's just projecting himself as Yeshua down here, and he's projecting himself as this over here. But modalism is, and so it, we can't use the word mode or you know anything like that. To I and I, what I have told my son is this, and I I don't have a good answer for a lot of these uh, questions, but what I've told my son is this: God has greatly shown us who he is and his love for us by being father and son this relationship that goes on the giving of a son as a sacrifice shows the infinite love that god has for us and that couldn't be shown what our human minds our puny human minds i love how sprawl says this creature from the dirt that defied the Almighty God, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, the our minds cannot comprehend the infinite love of God. But what God did was He uh, attempted to show us that by not just being sh- manifesting Himself as Father and manifesting Himself as Son, but being Father and Son to be able to show us. Now, to the question of whether or not Yeshua is Yod um, this is, uh, in my opinion, let's go straight to the first book of the Bible. Genesis 2, 4 says, these are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. In that day that the Lord God, and this is what the ESV says, the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. You'll notice that Lord is in all caps. And the reason why is because you have a double name of God here, which is yod and then Elohim. Okay, so they didn't want to say Lord, Lord, they said Lord God. So Yodhe Vavhe created the heavens and the earth. Okay. And this is what this verse clearly states. Now, if we go to the apostolic scriptures and we go to John 1.1, 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And, of course, later on in John 1, we know that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, right? This is Yeshua. Yeah, tabernacle. Oh, that's important because that'll get to our revelation uh, question in the same email. Okay. Uh, but the, the point here is that John tells us clearly, and this is – I've just chosen one little passage. But this is a, this is a slam dunk of we know that yod vav in the beginning created the heavens and the earth. And we know that Yeshua – was the one who created. So is Yeshua Yochay Yes, absolutely. By the time you have Emmanuel, that is God co- dethroning Himself. Right, the Son dethrones Himself from the heavenly places and then becomes one of those creatures from the dirt in order to save His elect. Which is, I mean. I understand, you know. I've been watching a lot of sprawl because of his passing. He's been, I mean, videos from him have been all over the uh, all over Facebook and YouTube, and it's it's amazing to see um, his passion and the reason why. I understand, you know, when he's talking about this infinitely holy God, and then this creature from the dirt. It's mind-blowing what God has done in order to redeem his elect. He dethrones himself out of the heavenly places and comes down and becomes one of these defiant creatures. Of course, he wasn't defiant. He's the only one that wasn't, right? Um, And so to do this, he has now made himself both father and son. And this is how the world can continue to be while while he's in this human body on earth and walking around among us. It's something that we can't understand. But, of course, we can go to other passages as well. John uh, 8.58, Yeshua says, I am. Uh, Colossians one fifteen, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of, of all creation. And this actually hung me up this morning. I was looking at this, and I thought, I wonder what it means, firstborn of all creation. So I took it to my dad, and my dad said, well, firstborn in in Semitic language means that you get the birthright. He inherits it all, right? And this is exactly, I mean, so it's not that he was first created. No, it's that he, because he's yeah. the heir of, of everything. All things in heaven at the end of Matthew.
1: Yeah. That's enough. Okay. so I'm glad you mentioned that. So Yeshua says all things in heaven and earth have been given to me. All authority. Yes. Okay. This is the end of Matthew, right at the ascension. The apostles, the disciples are like, oh, what? And he tells <laughs> them, you know, and he says, this is what you'll do. And and Yeshua sets the program for our categories in our mind Mm, mm -hmm. he formats our hard drive in the name of the father the son of the holy spirit the the name is once there but he but i mean he he sets up the only way i can think of it in computer terms he sets up the directory right
0: Mm, he sets mm -hmm. up the
1: the root directory or he formats the drive so (laughs) we are obligated to say okay yeshua gave us this way of thinking about god and about who we are does that mean we understand it no does that mean we're ever going to exhaust the understanding of what that is i don't know probably not and that's are we okay with that i think we should be okay with that Mm -hmm. i think we should be okay because just as a person can't say okay well i'm gonna i'm gonna learn hebrew and i'm just gonna read the tanakh for like 10 years and I'm going to de- uh, learn about who yod is, and then I'm going to go to the Gospels, and I'm going to decide what I think of Yeshua. Okay. If that's the approach you're going to have, you're also going to have a problem knowing who you yourself are. Because apart from Yeshua, you don't even know who you really are. Mm, mm-hmm. You're guessing. You're, you're, a, you're taking shots in the dark as to who you are. And that's mm-hmm. back to this lesson of, of what Hanukkah means, with, like what Josephus calls it, the Feast of Lights, right? And it's called dedication. And Yeshua is saying, I am the light of the world, okay? The idea is if you're in Messiah, then you're, you're building on the rock of his word, right? And that's a house that's going to stand. That's a house that's going to that, endure beyond you know, like he says in Jerusalem before, before his passion, he says, if you had the faith of a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, be rooted up and thrown into the sea, right? Well, that his words and the foundation of our faith building on his words is more solid in reality, in ultimate reality, than even that, that temple. That was standing mm-hmm. there in Jerusalem, but the disciples didn't see it that way. They saw the temple, and it's just like, "Wow, this look, look at all the money, the wealth. This is the glory of Israel for the nations." And Yeshua's was like, "No, no, yeah. not one stone is on another. But if you build on His words, that's wise, wise building, and that is that's a habitation that will uh, will last forever. And that's what we're interested in. And so." when we talk about light and darkness in this time of year where we live, there's always snow. So it's, you know, I grew up with the Christmas songs that have to do with snow and stuff like that. And there's just a part of me that remembers all those things. Uh, And so you'll have houses block by block with lights and all sorts of things. And it's really very lovely in a dark night when it's just snow everywhere to see the, the, these white lights shining all over the snow and everything. But the, what's the point here? Why does that appeal to us so in such a deep level? And I think that is it is because where are we without light? Remember, the first thing in Genesis is let there be light. Right. And and Yeshua says, I am the light of the world. Even the gospel of John, uh, Caleb, that you just quoted says, talks about he was that light. Right. Yeshua is the light. And John was a witness of the light. That's the true light. Right that lightens every man that comes into the world it says that's it's only in yeshua that we actually can see clearly as to wow our own depravity our own dependence on him the grace of of his majesty to do what he did and take our sins upon him and suffer for them on our behalf so that we again by his grace not by any works have this amazing life and joy and love and uh, that we get to participate in in this ultimate kingdom to come and we're in this world now where we don't like Paul says we see it through a glass darkly now we're in the in between time right we're we're in this time where things are not Easily discernible. Otherwise, we wouldn't have people. You know, I got an email this morning from, from a brother saying, Look, I ran across this teacher. Da, 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 here's what the, guy, the guy's saying. Here's their website. I go to the website and I'm like, Oh, my <laughs> the Hebrew's wrong. They've got this Hebrew thing and it's wrong. The Hebrew's wrong. They're teaching about the epistle to Hebrews. And I'm just like, Oh, my goodness. And, and, and nowhere. I look through the whole website trying to find who is the teacher. The donate button is right up front. Yeah. Like, it's totally easy
0: to give money to this place and to read their articles. You know, but I to find I, okay. out who
1: is the person. Uh, okay, uh, uh, this, is a, this I got, is
0: a wait, wait, pet. That's one of my pet peeves. That is honestly one of my pet peeves. If some, if somebody, if I go to a website and I can't figure out who's doing the work behind it, why am I going to listen to you? Wait, I mean, so like, ba- basically, and, and, what you're telling, what you're saying, if you don't, if you're not willing to, even if you're not a teacher, it doesn't matter. If you're not willing to put your money, na- but you don't even know, <laughs> but but you're not, you're not willing to put your name on what you're saying. What that, what that says to me is, I'm collecting information from different websites on the internet, and I'm putting it all together here, and,
1: and hoping, and hoping okay. to get money. Yeah. Okay. The PayPal's, right?
0: Okay. We, 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 you got to hurry up because we, only, we got minimal okay, time let's, here. Let's,
1: let's shift to Revelation then. Okay. The,
0: do do the Revelation had, quick
1: quickly. The Revelation 21 is I saw a new heaven and earth, a new, new, new heaven and new earth, first heaven and first earth passed away. I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, made ready like a bride adorned for her husband. Heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is among men. He will dwell among them. They shall be his people. God himself will be among them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning, crying, or pain. The first things have passed away. Just beautiful, beautiful. Mm. Um, the one who sits on the throne says, Behold, I make all things new, etc. Um, okay, so this this is Yeshua, right? We already learned that um, he says, I am the Alpha Omega. So I, I just gave, then he describes what he sees. And it's not until verse 20, I think the person, I think Robbie quotes verse 22. um, I saw no temple in it or no sanctuary in it Mm. for the Lord God, uh, the almighty are, is its temple and the lamb. So this is like the NASB kind of changes the, the wording a little bit, but technically in Greek it is for For the Lord, the God, the Almighty, is its temple, or is its sanctuary, and the Lamb. So the verb is is Eston, it's is, not are, but the NASB kind of changes a little bit. And then it says, the city has no need of sun or the moon to shine on it. For the kavod of God, Well, that's, that's doxa, but I'm using the... Hebrew there, the doxa or the glory of God has illuminated. The lamp is the lamb. Okay. So both, verse 22 says the lamb, it says the, the Lord God Almighty is the, is the sanctuary and the lamb. And then it says that the lamp is the lamb. So what does this mean? Okay, so remember back to, back to what Caleb was quoting in John 1. Yeshua, it says that the word became flesh and tabernacled among us. And the word here for, uh, that we read at the beginning of chapter 21, it says the tabernacle of God is among men. Yeshua is the, is the, the foundation of this house, right? So the building this house of, of praise, a house of worship, et cetera, says, you know, that the, the. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone, etc. There's different poetic ways that the prophets talked about um, about this, but the core point here is the mystery of God dwelling with His people, the mm. fulfillment of the new covenant. In Jeremiah says, "I will be their God; they will be My people." How does that work? How does that work? It, we know from from the promise of the Brit Hadashah that Torah would be put in the hearts of his people. We know that it, which is different, and Jeremiah points out, is different than the covenant at the Exodus because that was external. That could not change the heart, right? The Levitical priest cannot give a new heart to the worshiper. He can only recite Torah and say, look, this is sin, this is not sin, etc., the Torah on the heart that God writes is something no human hand, of course, can do. Mm. And that's it, it, in the end of Deuteronomy. That's talked about as the circumcision of the heart. That is like, okay, they know what physical circumcision is. What does it mean, circumcision of the heart? And that's there's so much to talk about pertaining to this. But the idea is that God does a work in humans. He makes them new, like David says, creating me a clean heart, right? Renew a right spirit within me mm-hmm. in Psalm 51. The dwelling of God among men is an um, a, a glorious, mysterious, joyous, amazing. I don't even know what words to even put on it. Fact, but it, and it is a fact. Although we see it and we abide in it by faith, we can't. It's not. We can't get out scientific measuring devices and measure it hmm. because it's the word work of God on the in the unseen part of a human soul, and. So when it says that back in Revelation 21, it says this, this tabernacling of God is among men. Sin had to be addressed, right? God, he's, he's not going to dwell. He can't. He, he is holy, right? He can't com- compromise his holiness and his justice. Hmm. And, and in the truth, because God is also rav chesed VeEmet, abounding in loving kindness and truth he's not going to lie. He's not going to pretend something is real. That's not actually real, right? God, we might do as humans, we might pretend we might be a hypocrite. We might pretend, pretend to be something we're not. And hopefully we learn to recognize that. And, and that goes down as we grow in maturity in Messiah that we, we cease doing that. But God can, can't lie. He's not going to lie. He's not going to pretend something to be. That's not there. so, so sin is a fact on the human side and has to be dealt with, and the whole gospel message is about how God solved that conundrum by sending His Son, right? Yeshua, and Paul talks about this in Galatians. He gives the gospel in a in a very concise way, um, as our to redeem us, right? But also as a, the living, resurrected Yeshua who by the spirit of God dwells in our hearts so that we cry out Abba Father so that we have this relationship that we too call God Father not as a pretend thing it's not we're not pretending that God is our Father or we're just acting like it's a metaphor it's in fact God is my Father how is God my literal Father because I am a new creation in Messiah and Messiah is his literal son and therefore I am literally a new creation in Messiah, and mm. God is my Father. Mm. And, and Yeshua taught us to pray along those lines. Our Father who is in Heaven, right? Okay, that, you gotta you got start wrapping it up. You're kind of in the weeds so here. <laughs> the, 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 who is Yeshua? Right? Who is Yeshua? Who is the Father? Is Yeshua yod Is He the Son of yod These are questions that come, they're, they're totally understandable questions. But are they the best questions? I would suggest that they're not the best questions. Um, because, and here's why, because as long if you keep it at this level, the temptation will be for some people to always adopt the method, okay, well, let's just go find out from the Old Testament and then we'll judge for ourselves whether Yeshua fits or doesn't fit. And as long as we have that, entertain that kind of thinking, hmm. That kind of thinking has nothing to do ultimately with participating in the living resurrection life of Messiah, Yeshua, by which we call Abba Father. Um, and, and so we can't – long story short, as a disciple of Yeshua, I am constrained, happily so, happily constrained by the, the, the uh, tradition preserved in the apostolic writings – of the gospel and all the the instruction and teaching and um, things pertaining to what the gospel is and who Yeshua is, because that's the foundation for my understanding of who God is generally. I can't pretend that's not uh, like, I can't shelf that for the sake of creating some profile of who I think God is and then coming to the scriptures or coming to the gospels and, Evaluating on my own whether or not I think um, Yeshua actually is who he says he is. Well, uh, I, that, that I, so, is still an
0: I I kind of disagree with you, and the reason why is because okay. and the reason why is because we have a clear picture of who the Messiah is because of the Tanakh. People came to the to the Messiah and to who the Messiah is because of the prophecies prophesied in the Tanakh, in the Torah, in the. Okay. Oh, wait uh, a minute. But then why 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 did not all Israel just welcome him? Because because God turns up. us. Because God chose. The point is, is that we see that the look the Tanakh is enough. Because,
1: okay, pe- because yeah, but, people... because people people had the, people okay because, we're,
0: we're, because, the veils, because
1: if the veils on someone's eyes I, they, can, they they could have all they could memorize
0: word for word every jot every tail every gulp. I agree and now we're getting into Calvinism or into the doctrines of grace which I fully affirm. A person cannot a person cannot come to Christ no matter what unless. He calls them first. Right. Unless he gives them faith. Right. So oh, we agree on that point. And yes, you can read the Tanakh how you want. You're not going to be able to. But the, but the, my point is, is that people had only the Tanakh up until you know, the Messiah came. They were expecting the right thing or at least the ones who were the elect were and they came to him through this nach. Okay, this has been a good discussion, but we I want here's, to move. Here's here's why I uh, one we're, last point if I may. We're so in the weeds right now. This is in, I mean we're so off topic. Let's just take Isaiah let's say okay,
1: well the Messiah Isaiah 53. Well, if I'm asking as a believer, I'm constrained by the apostolic writings to say, "Oh, it 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 talks about Yeshua." But someone who doesn't believe that could say, "Oh, it means Israel." And and so where are we? we don't there's no traction anywhere. Right, because we're just dis. Okay, well, I guess we agree to disagree uh, what Isaiah fifty three means. Okay, next verse,
0: right? That's. Oh, I completely agree. When we start to see, when we start to, um, you know, when once the Messiah has called us, then we see everything through Christ, everything. That's. I guess that's a, in a
1: boi- boiling down what I'm trying to say. Okay. okay what's let's spent, what's
0: let's next? let's move because we uh, we've spent. A very long time, <laughs> which is not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Okay. Um, as everyone knows, here on The Robin Caleb Show, uh, every year we discuss something about Christmas, and it's called the Christmas Special. And this today is our Christmas special, although we've spent more time on something else, which is totally fine. It's actually tied in. It is tied in. Okay. So we, we've talked a lot about the history of Christmas. On the show before and I don't think that we really need to. In fact, you can go to that article that I I posted. I've I've become of the opinion, and because of our last show, uh, we'll we'll talk about this in a second, I'm of the opinion that um, the placement of uh, the birth of the Messiah by the church fathers was most likely not done because of a pagan festival. That's my opinion. Now, People have used our last Christmas show and said— I, I agree with—I agree. I think we're in agreement on that. Yeah. Um, people have used our last, our last Christmas special and said, look, Rob and Caleb say that it's okay to celebrate Christmas. I don't believe that. That is not what I'm Somewhat. saying. Oh. Th- th- somebody sent me a discussion in a, women's, uh, in a women's Facebook chat room, and some lady had said, oh, well, these guys, Rob and Caleb, they say that it's totally fine to celebrate Christmas. That's not what we were saying. The point of our last Christmas special is to say, you to be able to make categorical statements, you need to have evidence of those statements. So, for instance, when somebody says to me, "Well, Christmas is pagan," versus popular
1: myth, yeah, yeah versus, exactly, versus when, folklore. When,
0: when yeah. somebody says to me, "Oh, well, uh, Christmas was on December twenty-fifth because that's the day of the you know of the birth of the sun." Well, there's no evidence for that at all. In fact, uh, we don't. We see. Both the uh, the cult of the uh, unknown gods being placed on December twenty fifth on the same calendar as the birth of the Messiah was. So who knows what came first? Um, however, what I've noticed, especially this year, you know, my in laws we we have a it's unfortunate that uh, my family doesn't celebrate Christmas, and we've decided to do that for multiple reasons. But our in laws are very offended by that, and. Um, for them, it's not even really a religious thing. It's more of a family thing. The family gets together. And, and um, uh, I've even said, uh, and I'll say this, you know, if I go to a place and somebody wants to celebrate the birth of Christ, I don't care if it's on December 25th or another time. You want to sit down and celebrate the birth of Christ? Let's celebrate the birth of Christ. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll join that any day of the year, including December 25th. What I will not do is bring on the other things that I believe, and we'll talk about this in a second too. I believe are pagan, or have nothing to do with Christ's birth. You get rid of the Christmas tree, get rid of the ornaments, get rid of the mistletoe, get rid of the uh, you know the holly and the and the wreaths and all these kind of things. Um, we don't have to give presents. Let's do that on Passover or something like that, um, and let's just celebrate the birth of Christ. What inevitably happens from Christians is they say, well, then it's not Christmas. Okay, well, to me. The sad part is is that if it's going to be about the birth of Christ, if you want it to be about the birth of Christ, make it about the birth of Christ. And unfortunately, most people in today's society have not done that. Instead, they've brought in all sorts of other things. Now, are those things pagan? Obviously, last year, uh, Zach Bauer debated uh, inspiring philosophy on whether or not the Christmas tree was pagan or not. This was in my opinion a uh, a misstep by Zach and it was a it was a smart move by Inspiring Philosophy who basically says everything in Christmas is not pagan and it's all okay. The reason it was a misstep in my opinion by Zach is because you're not going to be able to find solid evidence on where the Christmas tree came from. And and that's not to say now I'm not advocating for Christmas trees at this point. Don't hear that. That's not what I'm saying. In fact, I was at a uh, wonderful brother in the Lord's house uh, recently a couple of weeks ago and um, I was in the living room and it was nighttime and uh, this this family had decorated their home to the hilt with uh, Christmas decorations and with uh, you know their tree was just this gloriously huge Christmas tree with Ornaments that all matched, you know the, all the same kind of color and they had stories in the ornaments It was, it was an amazing thing to see. I, it must have taken them days to, to put it all together um, and I and everyone was asleep except for me and uh, One other person and I and the other person was using the restroom and I was sitting looking at this Christmas tree And I know that this doesn't prove anything don't hear that don't hear me say that but I was sitting there And I just looked at this tree and I thought what is the point? This is so pagan like, why would anyone ever bring a tree like this into their house? Why would you ever do that? It, you know, it wasn't for it wasn't because somebody was sitting there going, Oh, Jesus was in a manger. Let's bring an evergreen an evergreen into our with, house.
1: It's funny that you say that. It has to do with modes of, of meaning and how people transmit meaning and tradition over generations. And there's things that so people associate, they make associations. But they're uncritical associations, right? There, I mean. So look, and it, he, it speaks. It speaks to human nature. Here's the thing, and this. Why is the, would why would and coming out of the Exodus? Why after seeing God's mighty deliverance, would they build a golden calf? Yeah. Yeah. And like. Say, oh, here's your God who brought you out of Egypt, you know, and they start, you know, why? Like, how did that even get traction in their mind? Well, it's, I think it's no different here. I, I think the, the idea of – now, but your point is, well, I, I agree with you. you you're never going to – we don't have uh, – enough not we don't know where it came from that in and of itself is enough to be suspicious for me
0: well and that's the point okay now stop that is one of the main points to me we as followers whether you're christian or, or messianic or hebrews however you identify yourself within faith okay as followers of jesus christ of yeshua the messiah okay the question should not be can i do this can i like is god you know I'm free in Christ. What are you free from? Are you free to sin all you want? No. The question should be: Do you know? Am I pleasing God with with this, or is it displeasing to God? And the problem is, is that I think that too many Christians are just saying, to them, it's cultural and it makes them feel good. You know, I don't get me wrong. I used to celebrate Christmas. I have the nostalgia of the tree and the 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 lights and the the you know. The snow and the, you know everything, and not that snow is Christmas, but you know you understand what I'm saying. You know the carols and all these things. I, I grew up with all that. There's a feel-good place in my heart for all that stuff. Does that mean that it pleases God? No. And the point is, is as a believer, I should not think to myself, "Well, it makes me feel good, and so I'm going to try to figure out how to make it okay." The point is: is does it make God happy? And if it doesn't make God happy, it doesn't matter how happy it makes us. We should get rid of it. And this, you know, this has been a very, very difficult thing for my wife and and me, because my in-laws don't see this as a; they see it as a, us well, it, not wanting to be with them. Caleb, and it's and
1: it's in the whole culture, right? In in America, at least. Now, if we if we rewound to the early colonies, you'd find areas where, like in Puritan influence, right? You wouldn't have this challenge. Well, sure. maybe you may. Well, actually, <laughs> it depends on where you were. You might, you might, or might not. What we have over the last hundred years is, you know, kind of the conflation of Christmas and Hanukkah in a way. I mean, even you right. In our circles, people joke around. They'll say Chismaka. Yeah. Or, you know, they kind of because it. You know, if you look in America, particularly the holiday cards, you know, people sending cards, and the 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 fact of the holiday of lights, which is what Hanukkah is, very much matches, you know, the the idea of lights um, on a on a Christmas tree. I mean, I, a, a Hanukkah is a kind of tree, really. I mean, I, I know you probably people don't want to think of it that way. Well,
0: and but, and but and, it's got branches. It's a it's and you representing. Could d- I mean the date of of Hanukkah right it's it's a lot of the time it's over the the winter equinox so i mean you can't just say that something because something's around another time it is pagan but there's obviously okay but what i've noticed this and this is what i really want to talk about i know that we've gotten it's taken a really <sighs> long time to get here what i've wanted to talk about is how i've seen believers good believers who are are trying to normalize or make things okay and the way that they do it is is interesting to me um i got two people who are not only uh believers but apologists okay so they're in the public eye as apologists and honestly they a lot of the time they're doing great work um this from michael brown Both of these are in your show notes, by the way, for those who get them. You can go to TorahResource.com, hover over radio, and go down to The Robin Caleb Show. You can sign up for our show notes there, and I would encourage you to do so. Um, This is titled, A Messianic Jew Reflects on Christmas. Now, Michael Brown is a mainstream Christian, in my opinion. The reason he calls himself a Messianic Jew, and and this is not a down on on, uh, Dr. Brown, at least I'm not putting it out there as uh, such. The reason he calls himself Messianic Jew is because he's Jewish by blood. His grandparents were Jewish by faith and he has, I believe he was raised Jewish. Actually his parents were Jewish by faith and he came to, to faith in Jesus and he became a Christian. So he calls himself a Messianic Jew. I, I think in our time Messianic Jew actually holds theological significance. And I don't think that Dr. Brown is representing those theological, uh, those theologies. Um, so yeah, uh, anyway, that's like the way he wrote. He wrote, uh, So this is what he writes. Uh, this was uh, published on December 17th. So just a couple days ago, is Christmas a holiday with pagan origins? It, is it wrong to celebrate the birth of Jesus on December 25th? And what about putting up a Christmas tree? Is that a direct violation of Jeremiah 10? The answer to that, and I'm going to agree with uh, Dr. Brown on this. No, it's not a uh, violation of Jeremiah 10. And uh, Dr. Brown even says, uh, Jeremiah 10 is specifically talking about idols. I agree with him. Does that mean we should be putting up a Christmas tree? No. I mean, he's going to say yes, but I'd say no. Uh, So he says, as a Jewish... Well, he's not going to say yes. He's going to say it's okay. But he doesn't give, but it's not unqualified okay let, let's 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 go to it though let's let's hear what he has to say first he says as a jewish follower of jesus a messianic jew so he's putting a new title a new label So he's defining it. Yeah, he's yeah. defining it much differently than i think most people in uh, modern days do I do not really, this is Dr. Brown. Now, I do not relate to the Christmas, uh, the Christmas season the way many Christians do, especially those who were raised in a home where Christmas was celebrated. Yet I do not have a problem with the Christian celebration of Christmas, as long as the spirit of the celebration is right. Now, isn't this interesting? This comes, uh, this is a lot of what uh, Christianity will say, right? Oh, it's, what's the spirit behind it? I, you know, I, I observe Sabbath on Sunday in the spirit right i I keep i I'm clean I keep a kosher clean diet in in the spirit which means that I don't let things go in or come out that shouldn't be going in or coming out right I mean it's all in the spirit well i I reject this thoroughly okay so if Jesus is being adorned and his birth is being commemorated the date of the commemoration is not a concern to me I actually agree with him I even agree with that. So what's in a day, he says. It is true that there is no biblical holiday that marks yada, yada, yada. Okay. Um, So let's go down a bit, bit. I'm sorry, my down thing is not working. More importantly, December 25th was a pagan holiday. So Dr. Brown comes straight out and says it was a pagan holiday. And many believe that the church adopted this day to celebrate Christmas as a capitulation to paganism. While this is certainly possible as a Messianic Jew, I don't relate to church history the way many Christians do. It's also possible that this was not the case. Okay. And so then he's going to go on and, and quote R.C. Sprawl. Um, he says, regardless of why this date was chosen, it is the date on which hundreds of millions of Christians do mark the Messiah's birth. And it's as good a day as any to celebrate it. Should you be inclined to do so? So then he's going to talk about the celebration. Um, there was one, there was one, um, thing that he said what 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 i
1: but see he's got a it's like he's holding it at an arm's length the whole time yeah i agree with you because he's like i'm being a messianic jew it doesn't really matter to me and that distance then therefore disqualifies him to speak he disqualifies himself from speaking as an insider because even he says i don't have the same association with church history that other christians do so he's like trying to paint himself He's trying to clarify his perspective, okay. but in so doing, he
0: seems to be distant, like he doesn't want to touch it, really. Okay. I you, agree you with get you. get that? I, okay. I get that, but then he does put in personal opinion here. And listen to what he says. And keep in mind, Dr. Brown is a very well-known apologist. He has a radio show that's on every day. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people listen to him. And not only do they listen to him, but they make spiritual choices According to what he says, and a statement like this to, is is what really really caught my attention. He says, "My personal perspective on Christmas trees is this: if it's just a fun family tradition that has no religious significance, there's nothing wrong with it that in itself. And if the tree is decorated in such a way that it reminds a, a family about the birth of Jesus, I see no reason to be critical." The whole the whole point of Christmas for Christians is a is worship of jesus christ the whole point is that it's a religious holiday it is a worshiping of jesus so if if the tree is a fun family tradition and has no religious significance get rid of it if it's i mean if there's a question of paganism at all why would you use that in your worship God specifically is against that. If you read Deuteronomy 12, he says, don't worship in the same way that, the, you know, the, Israel's going in the land, and he says, you're going to go and you're going to dispossess these people, okay? Don't take up their gods. Don't worship like they worshiped. Don't use the same kind of things that they used to worship me. Don't use those abominations as, uh, to worship me. I'll tell you how to worship, right? I'll tell you these things. So the idea that for some reason, oh, it's just a fun family tradition, no. You're, this is a form of worship, and this is probably the greatest holiday within Christian faith, right? This and Easter. You have Easter and you have Christmas. These are the two, the two celebrations. And so, and, and why? Go ahead. No, no, go for it. I, I want to say a
1: couple things. One thing that's important about Yeshua's birth and what's important about the Passion, of Passover season, and his, you know his death and resurrection is the bigger concept theologically of incarnation. thats That touches on what we were talking about the first time earlier today. We were talking about the Mishkan or the, the tabernacling of God among men. Okay, so the incarnation is a... How do you put it? It's a non-negotiable <laughs> uh, doctrine for if, if you're a disciple of Yeshua. That's... that's And that's another how, you know, what does it mean, God with us, right? Emmanuel, what does this mean, right? What does it mean the word became flesh and dwelt among us? So that is what's important. And and it has ongoing relevance. The birth of Yeshua does not have ongoing relevance as a rehearsed event, nor does, now I'm going to go on edge here, we, the gospel is important to be rehearsed and taught and celebrated, but to take just to anchor it in the birth, I think has to do with other kings, other gods in the world. You know, this is what second, third century when they were trying to find, you know, when the church fathers were trying to say when the birthday was, because they had different days that I think they were pressured to, to nail down a calendar date. The pressure, though, in my view, came not from the Spirit, but from responding to other nations and other religions and other images of kings and things like that. That's that's my view. And so subsequently, it's important to mark a birthday, right, for Jesus. But the question is, why are we prevented? And it's... and and you might say from an earthly strength perspective, it's a weakness in the, in the Bible. Weakness in human terms, not in God's terms. A weakness is like, oh, you know, someone who's pagan say, you don't even know what day Yeshua was born, right? How, and that, we might interpret that, oh man, you know. But where we are today, it doesn't matter what day he was born. What matters is that he was born, but not, but he's not an eternal baby right he doesn't live as a baby now he was a baby once he came in right to the world like we read in the gospels right vulnerable born in a manger etc etc so the rehearsing that we're commanded to has to do with the passover right when you drink the passover you remember me right and the way paul puts it and thus we declare the death of the lord until he comes. And so what is the death of the Lord, right? Well, that pertains to his, our atonement, right? Our, our redemption that we were delivered from slavery, right? All the things that unpack from that. And that our, our ongoing life in this world is not anchored in this world. We're not of this world. And the challenge is we want part of our flesh wants to have Everything hammered out. We want to have a birthday. We want to have, you know, the party. And but, we want the, – that there are comforts pertaining to that. But hang on that just a sec. The, Go ahead. Finish your point. I, I'm thinking that – well, because I, I mean my – all my extended family, you know, a lot of different Christian tradition commitments, maybe with different flavors if you do a large swath. But – um there is a a strong particularly the tradition I grew up in, the Lutheran tradition, very, very, very big strong uh, uh tradition of you know, candlelights, Christmas time, celebration, you know, singing all the, you know, Handel's Messiah, all sure, this sure, kind sure. Of stuff. And so there's so much scriptural meaning there. But – and and this is our the weakness of the position the and it's – it, I call it a weakness because then I come along and I'm like, look, I don't want a Christmas tree in my house, right? I don't want I, – I don't want this, right? Uh, and, and there's – the challenge there is because it's like why not? It's easier – just as, And why not go with the crowd? Why are you being such a – See, okay, uh, and now this is a good point because the thing so – the, so the, But the position of weakness then is like, well, what, what do you say? You say, well, you try to go back to the scriptures, but it, it
0: means people have to learn a new way of being in the world. God has given us festivals and has given us uh, times to celebrate and Thanks. ways to do it. And what, what's, yeah. what's baffling to me is why people of faith – Want to choose something that's not in the Bible, that's not seen as, is not commanded to celebrate, nothing like that, and wants to throw away the other the festivals that have been commanded. Um, but once again, I want to go back to the twisting of, oh, well, if it's pagan, it's not really that big of a deal. Listen to what Jeff Durbin says, and I like Jeff Durbin. You know, he's he's doing some, uh, he's really energizing the younger people, uh, not only for, for Calvinism, for the doctrines of grace but to be apologists and to know their theology. And this is just a huge misstep in my, in my opinion.
1: That's right. Christians chose the darkest day of the year to be the mark when they would celebrate the greatest light coming into the world. Now, we have the true and better story, and we celebrated so loud, it drowned out the sinful pagan mess the Romans had created. We out-celebrated them, we out-sang them, we out-danced them, and we out-truthed them. <laughs> I don't even we understand. We are like the homeschooled get... kids at a party that had more fun than the drunk kids did at the same party.
0: <laughs> and we won. We won over the whole party. Just kidding. Homeschooled kids wouldn't go to that party. And that's just it. I, I,
1: that feels like a mocking kind of thing. What, I, I don't what, don't, what, what
0: he's saying. trying to say is, look, we took a pagan holiday. We did a bed in the pagans. So much so that the world switched it from a pagan holiday to a holiday about, about jesus and it's the, not the
1: darkest day of the year that has not, it's not that the, that's not technically that's not even right
0: so but it's the, the, <laughs> but the point is is that throughout the bible i mean how how are people missing the idea that throughout the bible don't worship in the high places don't you know don't worship in the way that the pagans do don't do this you know if the, if the pagans are doing this don't do it to me I'll show you how to worship, right? God keeps saying that. Don't, don't, you're not even allowed to worship in the high places, right? And yet, what these people are saying is oh, well, we took all this pagan stuff and we made it Christian. Come on. I mean, how can this be upheld biblically? And the answer is it can't. Now, over it is inspired. Especially on the Protestant side, it's difficult because on the Protestant side,
1: you're supposed to be differentiating yourself from the Catholic, from the Roman Catholic Church, right? But it's really within. It seems to me that it's really uh, an adoption of of you know, or a continuation on of Roman Catholic uh, practice. But you know, that's the tension. We live. We we live, and that's never going to let up, right? This is never going to let up. In, in you know in in our as long as the lord tarries we're going to have this situation where we've got light and darkness you've got the imagery of light and darkness in out, outward celebrations but then you have the reality of light and darkness so when it says the, the light shines in the dark shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it that's the truth that we want to have in our hearts and to be meditating upon and, and have hearts filled with gratitude and joy and worship and song is that we're in Yeshua and these outward, I think that's why the lights like the candlelight or the the lamp light in the darkness, Hey, it's a biblical metaphor, right? There's no question about the, the, you know, the metaphor of light, but it's the, it's not the outward, celebration of light. That is the true victory. It is, are you in Messiah? Are you a light in the world? Because the world is dark without truth. The world is a dark without love. The world is a dark place. And our challenge is how to be in this world and of our, about our father's business at the same time. Mm -hmm. And it's all mixed up. It's all mixed up in our, in our, our, our families, you know, are going to be mixed up. Our communities are going to be mixed up. You got people coming from different things and old traditions don't die hard, right? People, we don't churn on a, we don't change on a dime. And my, you know, we don't, we, it takes time for us to, to learn new habits. And that's what, why love holds on, right? Love holds on to hope and endures all things, right? As Paul writes, um, and so uh I just hope people feel encouraged. It's easy to feel discouraged, right? But we wanted we want to be mindful of of God's love and God's truth. And you know, I it's tough.
0: Well, and that's the point is that, you know, I think one of the things that we've really tried to do, um, especially this year, is instead of telling our Christian brothers and sisters, you're wrong. You're wrong. You shouldn't do this. Instead, it's trying to say, "Well, we do this, and this is why." Instead of you shouldn't celebrate Christmas; it's pagan. You shouldn't do that. Um, you know. Now, of course, um, with my in-laws, it's very difficult for them because they don't. It's it's even it's even more difficult for us because they're not they're not looking at it from a religious perspective. So when we say we don't want to do it, it looks like an attack on on them. Like, we don't want to be with them. And the point is, is that this is difficult no matter what. It's a difficult situation. And, uh, you know, what I want to do and what my family wants to do is please the Lord. And that's our first priority. I told my wife, I told my wife last night, you know, um, I will choose the Lord over anyone. I'll choose the Lord over you. I'll choose the Lord over my kids. But luckily the Lord has blessed me with, a wife who loves the Lord. And so together we we uh you know we are making decisions that we think are what the Lord wants us to do. She's looking to the Lord, I'm looking to the Lord, and through that we actually become closer. And because we have that relationship not only with ourselves but with the Lord, our children are now doing that too, right? They want, you know, my son, he's only 5, he doesn't you know, but he doesn't want to celebrate Christmas. Why would he want to do that? Because that's not, you know, he wants to celebrate what Yeshua would do. Well, of course, these are the things that we've taught him, you know, that Yeshua celebrated Hanukkah. He went to the temple on Hanukkah. And so that's what we want to do. But even with my son, we've tried, you know, he doesn't understand. We've never said we hate we hate Christmas or anything like that. But that's what he told my in-laws. And that was a, also a very big, <laughs> that he hates Christmas, you know. And that was a very big, oh. Because you know, then then they think that that's we, what you're that teaching them. That we've been him, teaching yeah. him, yeah. Like, oh, we've been sitting at home saying all these people who celebrate Christmas are pagans, which is not what we've been saying. So, all right. Hey, guys, uh, we appreciate everybody in the chat room and all the comments that have been going on. And uh, we appreciate uh, you guys sending in emails and uh, send, uh, giving us a call on the comment line. You can call our comment line, 253-465-3205. I'll give it to you one more time. It's 253-465-3205. You can also send us emails at hag at TorahResource.com. You know, we'd really like to hear from you guys and what you think about possibly a new name for our show as we pray about and consider trying to uh, change the format of our show. Um, and we're doing that not only to reflect better what we are attempting to do at Torah Resource and Torah Resource Institute, but also because we feel that the Lord is leading us that direction. And so we uh, would ask for your prayers and also let us know what you think. Tell us your comments, your ideas for names, all sorts of stuff. No matter what, there's one thing that this show will always aim to do. We'll always have that same goal. And that one goal is to do one thing. And that one thing is to glorify our great God and Savior, Yeshua, the Messiah.